I want to kind of zoom on because we have a very tight schedule today. We've got seven people, and if we don't get through, you don't get to listen to me at the end, which would be devastating for you all, I know. So, without further ado, I'm going to invite Mr. James Hoffman from Square Mile Coffee Roasters in London Town, Hello. UK. And the stage is yours. All right, thanks. All right, if I do like a comedy gesture instead of asking, is that all right? Cool. All right. Uh, Cool. All right. Ooh, a little squishy. Um, I'm going to start with a really nice idea. I think it's lovely anyway, uh, which is that coffee has never been better than right now today. And by that, I mean we've never had better raw coffees than right now. Uh, we've never known more about growing coffee, processing it. I think we've never been better at roasting coffee than we have today. Uh, we have better equipment than we've ever done before. We have more knowledge about the brewing process. Something I really love is there's more shops in the world today than ever before that built their business based on selling really delicious coffee. Not just coffee, but I sell delicious coffee. That's great. So if you love coffee, which I hope you'll do, then this is, in theory, the time to be alive. Uh, <laughs> but um, at the same time, while we've spread something that is delicious and amazing, I think we've also generated a disproportionate number of customers who are disappointed and cynical and angry and if you can't read that, I'm not reading it out to you. Um, no one know this one? All right. I'm not reading it out, though, because it's rude. Um, but, you know, you open an article on Coffee Online, and no one is surprised anymore to see 50 or 60% of the comments be angry about coffee, about the idea of specialty coffee, this ridiculous emperor's new clothes. It is, it's just coffee. I can get great coffee at home. This is all rubbish. It's, it's hipster idiocy. Uh, people are angry. And that, I think, isn't down to the cups of coffee that we're serving, because they're better than they've ever been before. It's mostly down to service. That's the mistake that we're making. Um, let me put it this way. I think brewing coffee is very important, but I will go to a cafe I love, and I'll drink coffee, even if it's not great. If you make amazing coffee, but I don't like being inside the business, I'm not coming to visit you. I don't care how good your coffee is if I don't like buying it from you. So service is where I think there's a massive win. Um, this is kind of weird. <laughs> um, you mentioned coffee being cheap. No, it can't be, and it's going to get more expensive. And I think for the industry, we really need to drag, oh no, not drag, bring with us our customers. As we prices go up, be it you know, the price of green or be it just cost of living, everything is getting more and more expensive. We need to, uh, to keep our customers buying coffee from us. And again, service is absolutely key to that. So... Um, what is good service? What, I mean, you know, we say, how important, you know, you've heard it a hundred million times. We must do, we must deliver great service. Service is really important. Service, 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 service. But what is it? What are we actually asking the people to do? The people that we expect to perform this service, what are we actually saying is success? What is good service? And we seem to be loath to define it. So I'm going to come at this from a slightly cheating angle, and I'm going to start with defining what great service is not, because that's kind of easier. Um, there we go. Every time I see this, every time I think about this now, I die a little inside. Like this, I think, is a really, really, really horrible thing. Go with me. Uh, because I think it's fixing the wrong problem. The problem is not that our, our customers are not educated. And yes, having a discerning customer is a useful thing if you have a product that you sell based on its quality and it's a premium product. But the problem we have is not that our customers are not educated. They're not interested. 
and uh, telling you the variety is not interesting. If I make my mother a cup of coffee, she really does not care how it has been processed. And cool, fair enough, she really enjoys coffee and she drinks lots of coffee. That, that's not a problem that she's not educated, but if she's interested, that's great. And this attitude, it, it oozes out of our business as being smug and arrogant and patronizing and off-putting. And I think it's a bad thing. And even worse, we try and educate people when they're trying to buy coffee from us. They're queuing up, they're trying to do something else, and what, you know, it's a bit like someone following you around at work all day trying to teach you French. You're like, I'm doing something. This is a really bad time. And you know, why don't, if we get them interested, then maybe we can do something educational that's just educational. We can come and hold an event and, and do this. And people who are interested will want to come and learn. And there's just, I think there's better ways of doing it than fighting a battle on, over, the, over a coffee machine while you're trying to churn out shots in a technically proficient way. So no, not good service. Um, this one's kind of my, is the customer always right? And I would say, no. Uh, and I'm a customer, I should remember this, and I'm not even close to right all the time. Um, so if you give the customer control of the business, that's cool, if that's your business. You can have a business model that is customization. It's whatever you want, we will do that. And that's fine, and that can be successful. But that can't be a quality-focused business. Unless you're telling me that you think that the customer knows more about your trade than you do which is what customization says. If we're doing the best coffee we can, but you can do what you like to it, that doesn't make sense. So, I mean, take the food analogy. It's a little cheap, but we use food all the time. Uh, there's lots of places that will cook whatever I want, however I want it. And I will probably enjoy that, and that's cool. But if I want the best, then I would go to a restaurant where I have as little input into the kitchen as possible. No, I can't have this. No, they won't do that. They will cook a dish the best way they know how, and I hope to enjoy that experience. That's what I pay for, their knowledge, their understanding. So for me, you know, I don't think great service is bending over and giving the customer whatever they want. So I would say great service is something else. And I thought about it this for a long time, and it was hard to really come up with one unifying idea, but I think I have one. And I want you all to think about uh, moments of great service that you've all received. And I think there's one common thread throughout all great moments of service, which is this. It's the ability of the person giving that service to think about your needs right now, to understand your specific requirements. And if you think about great service that you've had, I would think for 99% of this room, at the core, that person really understood what you needed and, and over-delivered often, but it was based on what you needed right now. Touching a little bit on what Colin says as well. But this is so, so important. Yes, you know, we need skills and knowledge. And we should have broad skills and knowledge and then apply small, different sections of those things per customer because everyone's needs are different. And it's when we lose that empathy that I think we have really unpleasant experiences. It's, again, as Colin brought up, and, you know, it's that I just want a coffee. If I can't read that you're saying non-verbally, please don't talk to me. I don't want to make any decisions. I want to give you money and get coffee back. This is the end of this. And if I, if I don't read that, and I go into, well, today we have, you're like, I don't care, give me coffee. And, you know, it's just a lack of empathy on the barista's part. And I think we can absolutely train this. I think we, we can teach people to be conscious of what every person is saying, verbally and non-verbally, and how they communicate. I think it's essential that we train this. I think this is the core of all great service. And I can't find a better explanation than that. And this, I think, applies to any and every business. Understanding your customers' needs make you better at, at, at fulfilling them. 
yes, you may create a, a great product, but you have to bridge that gap. There we go. Um, this, I think, is important. Even though it's not part of the actual service uh, interaction, it's so important for controlling that interaction because um, the expectations a customer arrives with will dictate a great deal of, of that conversation. Now, if you were to walk into this restaurant, uh, you would immediately understand a number of things. Uh, I would say, for example, you know whether or not you're allowed to ask for ketchup. Uh, no. And how do we know that? Well, there's some, there's some very good visual indicators. We haven't seen a menu yet. We haven't spoken to anyone. But this tablecloth is nice decor. The way the staff are dressed, the room is laid out. There are loads and loads and loads of nonverbal cues to say, this is how you should act here. And um, that's great. Restaurants are pretty good at this. Now, let's say we go into a coffee shop. And we walk in, and we walk up, and we go to the register. Isn't this amazing? And uh, we order our drink, and then there's an espresso machine where they make the drink. And then we pick up the coffee, and we leave. Cool. That's just about every coffee shop ever in the world. Uh, that's a chain, that's a Starbucks, that's an independent, that's a good one, that's a bad one. That's the best shop in the world, that's the worst shop in the world. Now, if you walked into a shoe shop, and you said, hey, how you doing? I'm just after a pair of boots. And they went, I'm sorry, we don't sell boots. You'd feel like an idiot, because you're very confused by this. All the indications say, I can, I can buy different types of shoes here. If someone walks into a coffee shop, orders at a register, and thinks, OK, it's all the same, cool. I'd like a venti 20-ounce decaf soy thing, because uh, that's what they always order in coffee shops. And the, the answer is, well, we don't do that. Then we've spectacularly failed as a coffee shop to communicate what we do. And it's, you know, there's no way we, we can avoid making them feel stupid when we say no. However we say it, they're going to feel stupid. We've just done such a bad job of communicating that we're different before we get in there, uh, before they get to us, that uh, there's no coming back from that. And we're very, very good at communicating to other coffee people. Because, you know, what? yes, I know what your brand of espresso machine means. Yes, I know what a V60 is. Yes, I know what a woodneck is. My mother does not, nor does she care. So as far as she's concerned, you're a coffee shop, and you sell what coffee shops sell. They're all the same, because you all look the same. So I think there's huge opportunity to do something a little bit different with this. Um, he talked about it. Well, I'm going to talk about it, because I think it's great. Um, in terms of what I've talked about so far, I think this is one of the few things recently I've seen that's actually got me excited, because it shows great empathy, and it shows great... Uh, it gives good explanation of what we do here is different. Before they order, they understand a little bit more about this, these new things here. This isn't the same as everywhere else. But as an industry, we need to find more. And I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what our tablecloth is. But we need to find better ways of showing you know, what we are more clearly. So I would say for every customer that comes in and orders something that you don't want to sell, that's your fault. So there you go. Fix it. All right. And so nice. All right, so Colin talked about sugar as well. I'm just going to do his presentation again, basically. So quick show of hands. Who here firmly believes that great coffee does not need sugar? This is not a trick question. OK, cool. Um, and I, I think that people, by and large, know that coffee people don't want uh, sugar going into coffee. I think this is a well-known thing. And then we do something really, really, really confusing. We give them coffee, and then we give them lots of free sugar. And that's a really confusing thing. It's just like saying, here's some sugar, but don't use it. But here's some free sugar, but you shouldn't put it in there. It's free, though. 
and there's all you can want. We put it on the tables, it's over here, but you shouldn't use that. Have some milk, but don't use that either. And it, God, what hypocrites we are. And you ever wonder why people get angry with us? Like, at least be coherent. Now, what I am not saying is that you can't put sugar in coffee. What I'm saying is, you're not allowed to be annoyed when people do when you gave it to them for free. That seems fair to me. Um, all right, so coherent. Um, just, it was something I was thinking about yesterday. Um, from the empathy point of view, who here owns businesses? Cool. Uh, what, if you can imagine three words that would describe your business, that you would like to describe your business, and then if you went and you became your own customer, which I think is a hugely important thing, if you had your customer experience, what three words would you use to describe your business? And would they be the ones you wanted? And if they weren't, I'm guessing it's probably down to the customer service experience more likely than the product itself. And I think that we get really, really bad at stopping, at, at realizing we're the general public too. You put a bar, a coffee bar in front of us and we are different to you as humans. We are more evolved and smarter than you, the general public. And uh, it's a really dangerous attitude to have, but we have it. And I've, I've had conversations with people and they've said, oh, that's delicious, but my customers wouldn't like it. And like, are you insane? Like, what? Do you think you have different taste buds? Are you, you know, biologically different? And no, we just get these weird barriers going up. So we have to, you know, make sure we're them and we have to be our own customers more. All right, just quickly on the whole sugar thing. Uh, we, we, a while ago, we did Penny University and we didn't have milk and sugar and we just did filter coffee. And we had very little, very little friction. And I think the biggest reason was one, the staff, excluding me, were great. And two, it doesn't look like a coffee shop, which was really helpful in doing this whole thing. Because when you walked in, it, there was no coffee machine. But there was people having coffee without a coffee machine, which was confusing. But it, it gave us huge freedom to do different stuff because it looked like something new. Uh, so to get towards wrapping this up, there has to be a, a reward to all of this. And I think beyond loyalty, there's something else which I think is, is better, which is trust. And I think trust is so important. Now, everyone in this room probably has a business that they trust implicitly. That if you walked into or you went to buy something from that business and they strongly recommended something, you would go with that recommendation regardless of price. Because they understand you, they have great empathy, they have great product, and over time, repeated experiences have taught you to trust this business. And that, I think, is better than loyalty. Because there's going to be times where we need to take people to a be it a more expensive place or a new place. And I think trust is essential for that. So I want you to think about, just briefly, the businesses that you trust. Because there's going to be one. I want to think about why you trust them and how do they treat you. And I'll give you mine. Um, so we can go again. Uh, Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. I, I know nothing about whiskey except that it's really good. <laughs> I am, a, I am not an educated consumer. I'm interested, but I have no education whatsoever. But I can go to this place, and uh, I've asked questions so stupid that people have audibly snorted in derision at me, excluding him, Mr. Steve Layton. He just laughed. But I've had other customers just, just appalled at my stupidity. But the guys behind the bar never, ever made me feel stupid. Always got me uh, something I really, really enjoyed. Uh, told me whatever I wanted to know and always liberated from my pocket about twice as much money as I wanted to spend but made me happy to do so. 
how the hell do we not want customers like that? I don't need to be educated. I just need to be interested and I need to be given opportunity to enjoy being a customer in your business. That's it. That's service. That's me. Thank you. Thank you very, very much, James. That was, uh, that was awesome. Um, and yeah, that is a rocking place. It's good, isn't it? Very, very good. So I'm sure that we've got lots of questions here. So does anybody want to ask James a question while we've got him here? Coming on. I can't see who that is. Hiya. Hello. Um, hello. Um, just when you're talking about educating people when it comes to customer service, like I totally get that whole thing of empathy and I think I think intention is really important. It's really important to want to actually satisfy that customer. Um, but how how do you how do you bring that out in other people? I mean, my own personal intention, the way I like to serve people, is different to how somebody else will do it. How can I get somebody else to do that? How, like, how do you how do you teach people how to be um, how how do you teach empathy to people? Is my question. I think it's um, you you make them verbalise what they're thinking in terms of if you run a scenario and you say, okay, customer asks for this, what do you think they're thinking right now? What what do you think they've communicated? Make them explicitly say what they're thinking. Run through that process. Go through what you think are good clues and bad clues for what that customer wants right now, be they verbal or not. But I think it's, it's actually making them answer the question out loud as part of training. What do you think this person actually wants right now? And running the role play scenarios or that kind of stuff, just to force that kind of, uh, sort of checklist mentally for that person. Make sure that we do treat everyone different. And we're really bad at we tend to train call and response type service. If customer asks for, asks for extra hot, then say the following sentences. Or if the customer asks for this, then say the following things, which by and large don't work because everyone's different and I would hate to have a robotic response come back to me and any question I have. So it's, uh, I guess, forcing them to go through analyzing that interaction themselves out loud. Of course you can't see the watch the tantrum videos when they go live and watch James's great performance. <laughs> So, uh, any other questions? No? I get away easy. Wow. Uh, oh. when, when, you, when you were thinking about your three words the other day for your company, yes. what did you come up with? What did I come up with? I never really settled on three. Definitely, well, I hoped passionate, I hoped knowledgeable. I think those were the, the, the kind of the top two. Um, and I guess I wish now, though it's maybe not the case, empathetic. You know, understanding would be a great one. That's because I've been thinking about it a lot. Whether we get there, I don't, I don't know. It's something I'd like to go back and actually kind of focus on a lot in the next year for us. But yeah, that would be it for me. That's what we're, it's why we do what we do. So, yeah. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, James. Pleasure. And uh, yeah. James Hoffman, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>